listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets, presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow all of us on all social media platforms at JP underscore Mirabueno, at Summit Commish, at Summit SOM Pod, and at Apollo NBA, and at Apollo HOU. GM... About a week has passed since we had last recorded an episode. The Rockets, you know, they, they don't want the playoffs to outshine them by any means. The news, the stove, it's hot right now. There's a lot of stuff happening. But we're going to get into all of that in just a second. But I have to start this episode. I to start every episode. How you doing today, good sir? Oh, man, it's good. It's really hot outside, let me tell you. I was driving home down 45 to the Beltway, and Did you my feel God, the heat? I was burning. Burning! Have you ever eaten spicy food while driving in heat? Yes, and let me tell you something. I do not <laughs> recommend it. What did you eat? Yeah! Wait, wait. Uh, wrong! <laughs> what did you eat? Uh, man, I don't Do you remember. remember? No, I, I don't remember. I had a hot man. and... I, I, I ate two hot and spicies on the road one time when I had a, when I had a drive. Uh, to get some get somewhere, and I remember vividly is during summertime. I think the heat index had it at like a hundred and five. So I had Sounds to. Sounds pleasant. And they decided, I guess they decided to ghost pepper my my spicy McChickens because they were spicier than ever. So I arrive at the place and I end up so sw- I'm sweating profusely. And if I remember correctly, I was going to a party where it was not like proper to sweat well for so those, i roll up sweating well for those that don't know uh the commish he is definitely a sweater he uh the summertime is obviously his favorite time if of I were the to year pick, yeah if i were to pick um, me as a clothing wants, fabric he, it'd be he, a sweater. He, he is the man who should probably pack two shirts one just to walk to the car change and then one to get into whatever destination he's going to. i don't think you should be talking you're you sweat too i've never hidden that Everyone oh, knows okay. I sweat. All right. All right. I'm not ashamed I'm just making sure. of me sweating. I blame our genes because we're brothers after all. We have terrible genetics. I don't understand it. And then we have an older brother that doesn't sweat like ever. Yeah, so he, I don't he, understand he, this. My two brothers can eat whatever they want and be completely thin. Well, I eat one wing and I'm I gain not five pounds. Thin, man. And I'm my ass jiggles for three days. I'm not thin, I okay? I am of proper average size and you, sir, are huggable. Come on. It's okay. Sit, sit, any, stand properly. Anyways, stand properly here. Anyways. So yes, let's let's pivot. Let's let's talk about it before we get too much into a brother to brother conversation. GM, there's been a lot of news in regards to the Houston Rockets. My goodness, uh, there's been so much stuff happening. Jalen Green was on podcast P with Paul George. He uh, Patrick Beverly announced that he's highly likely to return to to the Rockets and reunite with James Harden in the offseason during his podcast. James Harden, the smoke just keeps on growing and growing and growing. The Rockets are cool with getting the Thompson twins. They may be content at number four. There's so much news. I don't, I, I don't even know where to start. James Harden <laughs> is like the worst version of Undertaker. 
the fake one from the 1994 SummerSlam. He just won't go away. The main that event, the main Harden. event that should not the have main evented. Main evented when he shouldn't. Ha- he had no business of being in. Owen the main Hart event. versus Bret Hart in a steel cage, all day every day, main eventing. That is Jalen Green versus Scoot Henderson. That's well, what I want. You know, that's, that's give me what that's I want. What I'm telling you, like <laughs> Batista, give me what I want. <laughs> give me what I want. Okay. GM, you know what? There's so much to talk about. GM, I'm gonna let you pick first. Let's 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 go down the line. Obviously, what where do you want to open with first? What do you want to talk about? I'm gonna let you choose it. The GM's choice here. What do you want to discuss? Let's talk about podcast P. You podcast know, like, I think, P. I think I think that is very important. I mean, a Jalen Green is currently still on our team. B the best player on our team, and he made a very important appearance on the podcast P. Uh, surprising too yeah it was good it's not announced it was very good it was a very good episode and let me tell you he was very candid and honest on this (laughs) podcast maybe maybe a little too honest yeah there's nothing wrong wrong but i like it but i mean unfiltered what can we say you know what i mean like i i feel like that episode really gave us a glimpse of his personality that may not be shown um a lot for the mainstream media or even the fans. So I felt like it was a nice little glimpse into seeing who the man Jalen Green is, where he's from. And man, you know, like it was a very good podcast. I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. He talked, they covered so many var- so many variables and so many topics. And I have never heard Jalen Green be so unfiltered in my life. You know what I mean? Like when he when he talks, he's like, I'm, I'm trying to work on my Jalen Green voice. It's still a work in progress. You know, he goes, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> no, he goes, he goes, we just we're just trying to stay turned. You know, you know, you know, just trying to stay turned. You know, that's just trying. <laughs> Are to you saying them. that Jalen sounds like every like? Gen Z pod Dude, he's TikToker. 21. Yeah, I know. He is a Gen <laughs> Zer. We're fucking old, Jim. When, when I hear old. him, when I hear him, I'm like, how old am I to not we're understand? We're just old, man. The things that Jalen says. We're just old. When he c- comes up and he goes, you know, and he goes, yeah, you know, we're just trying to stay. He's trying to stay turned. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, he just don't talk like that. Like, that's how he'll talk. That's how he'll talk. Very light. The, J- very the light. Jalen Green. Um, if Michael Jackson voice is very on point. If, yeah, if off the wall Michael Jackson was in today's was a Gen Zer. That's that's right yeah. around where I have Jalen Green yeah. as. But overall, though, it was yeah, it was very candid. It was a great interview and so many takeaways. And if you're living under a rock on Twitter, especially Rockets Twitter, then you obviously flooded with news with so many people uh, able to grab certain things and and obviously certain uh, context clues and and certain topics that were discussed. So GM, you know, let's 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 go down the line right now in terms of let's unpack. Let's unpack. Podcast P, Paul George's podcast with Jalen Green. Now, before we get to Jalen Green, let me say this. I have a lot of respect for Paul George, man. I don't like him. I didn't like watching him play, but after listening to his podcast. I would have loved him on our team, though. Me too, me too. Way back in the day, we would I would have loved to have him. But, I mean, every I, the people that know me know that I'm not the biggest Paul George fan. But to hear him in this realm and to hear him be so uh, transparent and honest through a mic makes me respect him a lot more sounds like a good dude just yeah like absolutely cool he, he, like, he definitely grab does a, seem like, like a grab cool a dude. beer with you my yeah guy. That's i'm what not I feel sure like. i'm the biggest fan of his play i mean playoff p was just never a thing i'm sorry paul do you remember when it was 2020 and became pandemic p because like they blew the 3-1 lead yeah and then they <laughs> lost the 3-1 lead then went from pandemic to poverty p oh, poverty. my bad wow. boy my, my bad man wow. you know but but you know what uh paul george i got a lot of respect for you with this podcast but anyway can he go on yes yes no 
of course, of course, before we, uh, before we, before we deviate away too much from the show. Yes. So, you know, Jalen Green, one of the, one of the takeaways that I do want to discuss, obviously, first and foremost is, uh, Jay- well, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's discuss the elephant in the room. Jalen Green was on the show and he talked about the possibility of playing alongside a James Harden. Um, Paul George did mention, and he did say, and I quote, calling, you know, Jalen Green the king of Houston now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I uh, like, I am not so quick to make him the king of Houston just yet. I mean, he's the best player. He is the franchise cornerstone. I get that. But the king of Houston, that's a whole nother thing. I don't know how I feel about that. But besides from that, he does, you know, he does say that to Jalen Green saying that, oh, you know, you're the king of Houston. So he's asking him, you know, you got this well, guy named James Harden. Current, how do you feel about it? Currently, he is definitely yeah, the king, I yeah, would say so. But that's like saying, like, you're the smartest guy in a classroom of a bunch of average kids. I'm sorry. Just being honest. Touche. Of a bunch, oh, no, of a bunch of below average kids. And you're just the best student that right. averages a C plus while everyone just averages a D. I'm just being honest. Okay. So, okay, that's you know fair, what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. So, he does say, you know, how do you feel about that? And Jalen Green does quote, like basically just saying in regards to getting James Harden that it could both help the team, yet it could also hurt the team in terms of development and chemistry and what they're trying to build. Jalen Green in particular. I have my feelings in regards to this, but I have to ask you first and foremost. The comment on a Jalen Green and you being just the biggest James Harden stand in the world. <laughs> tell the people, you know, what was your thought process when you kind of listened to that? Are you surprised at all? Um, with the feelings of Jalen towards the yeah. possible signing, um, I mean, I can see why he would go both ways. I'm pretty sure he sees both sides of the coin of why he, why James Harden could help elevate his game and why James Harden could possibly hurt his game. I mean, he can go turn both ways. But the thing about Jalen that I do like about him is that, A, he was able to humble himself to understand why James can help, but also... B, he is arrogant enough to understand and believe in his talent enough to be that guy and be the number one option. Like he stated, they already threw him into the fire. There's not really necessary, it's not necessary to have a James Harden there. Granted, yes, it can definitely help to have an, uh, an actual true point guard. I mean, that can go a variety of ways. I'm sorry to all my friends that are KPJ fans and believe in his talent as well. I do. But I do believe that Jalen needs a guy that's better in terms of uh, leading an offense in the way that will help lead him and Jabari Smith and Alperin Shangun to like better positioning. But obviously, with the coach Ime Yudoka being there, um, I do believe that better things are gonna are on the horizon for our man Jalen Green. And I do understand why he wouldn't want uh, James Harden back. Personally, I agree with him. Um, I agree with Paul George when he said, like, it's not necessarily a need. Um, yeah, they say that. Yeah, they don't mm-hmm. think that it may be the right choice. But at the same time, Jalen does have a relationship with James, and maybe he's just playing di- playing it diplomatically and trying to, to weigh both sides for the people in the public. Maybe he doesn't want Jalen Green. Um, if anyone has heard anything, maybe. I mean, that. I mean, if he doesn't want James Harden, then... Hey man, more power to you. And I understand you want to be the guy and you can't be the guy when someone's there to try to take your job in terms of being the number one option. Right. So I get that. I'll crit- if, if I can critique Paul George on this segment in particular, the one thing that I didn't like was the line of questioning. I feel like not like he pressured him, 
but in a way it, it steered him towards that direction of hey like not wanting Jalen to play with James Harden because he even said like you don't need him like mm-hmm. you don't need him it's gonna get in the way of the young core which is, it's it's fine like I'm I'm fine with the opinion my only issue with this is I I wish Paul George let Jalen Green freely set out the opinion before Paul George put out his opinion. So that way, you know, after Jalen Green can put out an opinion fully of his own freedom, you know, fully without hearing something, this kid's 21, still young, looks up to Paul George as an NBA player, I'm certain of it, and Paul George, you know, immediately saying, oh yeah, I'm not a fan of that, like da-da-da, I'm sure that kind of steered Jalen Green towards that direction just by that line of questioning and just by hearing it, he's like, okay, well, I don't want to call out Paul George, I don't want to call him, you know, you know, F you, you know what I mean? Like, you're wrong. Like, we're going to completely work. Like, I I wish that, the only thing is I, I wish Paul George, when he asked the question, he asked the question first before he gave his opinion. I feel like Jalen, I feel like Jalen Green is still so young that that opinion, that statement might have changed entirely. Like, because he said, like, I get what you're saying. Like, it could help and hurt at the same time. What if he never said it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I think that Jalen is. I don't think he would have said it. I, I like that's what I'm may, saying. Like he may have still know, been a man. bit more of a contrarian response. I, it would, but with, I don't think with, it would have. Pertains to James. Yeah, but I don't think it would have been like. The, I don't think it, it would have sounded as negative. It wouldn't have sounded as negative. Uh, well, I mean, because people I, are already running. They're I, running I, with I the headlines that, now. Everyone's that. like, that's, "Yo, Jalen Green is fair. doesn't want to play with James Harden." No, it's not necessarily it. If you read the if you read between the lines, listen to the whole thing. He said it could help and it could hurt. It could. Or Could. maybe if we read between the lines, he spoke his truth and the headline is real. Or maybe, or maybe, just maybe, GM, you're just trying to paint your own narrative, good sir. All right? <laughs> if you want to paint if you want to paint your na- narrative, Justin, get your own damn, to- get your, I was going to say toothbrush, get your own damn paintbrush. <laughs> I do not have to paint my own narrative. One, I'm not a good painter. So, no, there no, you go. I, I'm a stick, fi- are you, well, you are a stick figure uh, connoisseur. Touche. Of stick yeah. figures, apparently. So. I know exactly. And I'm the same way. My, uh, I'm not. I'm not a good drawer. I know exactly my strengths. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't do well at a taboo. I. I would constantly. No, not taboo. I'm sorry. Cranium. Yeah, cranium is not. Cranium is not your game, bro. So, you know, Jalen Green, when when he came up with those comments on James Harden, obviously everyone's gonna run with the headline. And but besides me, you know, critiquing that line of questioning. I don't fault Jalen Green for feeling the way he feels. If at the end of the day that is truly how he feels about it, I can't blame the kid. He's 21 years old. Jalen Green, in his mind, I'm sure he thinks he's one of the best scorers on the planet today. I feel like he's that he's that confident in his abilities, as he should. You know that the whole podcast came out, and you know he talked about how much he wanted to improve his game, slow down the timing, you know, become, you know, averaging 22 points a game under Steven Silas to averaging maybe 28, 29. Maybe even possibly more with an Ime Udoka, depending on how the roster is going to be constructed by the time you know August and September and training camps come around. Mm-hmm. So I get it where he where it comes from, but on the flip side of the equation, you know, where it could also help because we also talk about the negatives of it. Where it could also help Jalen Green is in terms of spacing and all the shots that J- James Harden can set for a Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. So that's in the connotation of of helping the team and getting wins. That also helps. But on the hurt department, I do understand that as well, because Jalen Green, the ball will come out of his hands. You know, he won't be able to handle the rock more and maybe be a playmaker or a creator like he wants to be or what the way he sees himself as. Like I said, and I've said it in the past, I would love for James Harden to come in on a Chris Paul role, 
to not hinder the growth. The question is, James, you know, the guy wants four years, 201, and uh, wants to be, to play movie. his freedom style of freedom. play. GM, what else do you want? What else do you want to discuss now? We talked about, you know, I wanted, I, I wanted to, you know, hit the elephant in the room right away. But what, mm. what, what stuck out to you in terms of that, that podcast? Like, what was it? What's another thing that stuck out? That stuck out to you? Well, I mean, um, as you guys know, Kenny and I are of Filipino heritage, and one of the things that they did talk about was they did highlight the country that is the Philippines. Um, Jalen Green was able to speak quite glowingly about the country, even though he's not there as often. Um, he did talk about how much he enjoyed being there and how well he is treated there. And, you know, I felt like that was that was wonderful. It was it was uh, great to hear, especially for those that have never been to the country. Um, Philippines is a beautiful country. And as a all Filipino podcast, that's you know, we will take all the good pub, you know. And one thing that they did mention, especially with Paul George, Paul George stated that he had visited once with the Pacers, if you remember, Ken, in against 2014 the against the Rockets, that's when, right. Uh, Dwight Howard yeah. and James Harden first became first, teammates. Yeah, became the hype random. was so real then. That was amazing. That was crazy. They sold out. I think. Yeah, they sold out. That it arena. was the Mall of Asia Mall Arena. Mall of Asia, yes. And you remember, Kenny, Ken, Kenny and I woke up super early to get Five donuts in the morning at Southern Made. To right. watch this game at 6 a.m. in so if, Philippines. If anyone wants to question our fandom, like go yeah. to that. <laughs> that was crazy. That was a, that was the first preseason game of the year. But um, anyways, um, Paul George also visited twice in promotions with Nike, and he just spoke how humbling it is to be there and to play for the communities over there. Like he was talking about how they would visit the slums and played um at a court and stating like just how humbling it was to see you know how terrible the conditions can be it is a third world country and to be there and to play with people there and to watch the kids and whomever was there on that court play and everybody flocking just to see paul george there as well talks about how uniting the sport of basketball is in the philippines and the philippines Basketball is probably the absolute most important sport there. Oh, by far. Unfortunately, there's no second. Height is not a thing that we have, nor is athletic ability. No, we were not blessed. No, we are actually taller than the average height. Thank uh, yeah. Thank you, mom and dad. Yeah, but, at, but you know, at, yeah. at the end of the day, um, I just thought it was really cool to hear their stories about the Philippines. It was very insightful, and for those that haven't been, you should totally go. I mean, it's a beautiful country out, and it'll humble you immediately. Like the slums, how bad it can be for those that are poor. Um, I'm not trying to deviate to any type of like, you know, away from basketball in the sense, but I'm just trying to explain and help people understand that, you know, a lot of these people, um, you know, how grateful they are to see guys like Jalen and uh, Paul George in Philippines. So I thought it was pretty cool. I loved highlighting it. And, you know, Jalen Green was talking about uh, – one of his teammates from Philippines oh played in G League Ignite, Kai Soto, and I did say that he was the future savior of the Houston Rockets, Rafael Stone. I already told you um, on Twitter multiple times on podcast, sign Kai Soto. He's going to save the franchise. Oh, my God. I mean, obviously, I am the biggest believer in what is known as the greatest big man alive. Dude lying through his teeth. Um, I'm just speaking my truth. And I'm just saying... I was going to... You know, you, you have to talk about how beautiful the Philippines is, and then you just shift over to a, a Kai Soto... 
a, a, a Kai Soto shuffle, like the, right the, in front the of the biggest Kai Soto guy, Jeez, right Louise. here. Oh my god! Um, I don't have that people block. I don't. I don't have people it. blocking me on Twitter when oh I talk about god. Kai Soto. So he goes. He goes. Hilarious. He goes. I'm the biggest Kai Soto fan right here. Obviously, right here. I mean, how many podcasts is mentioning him? Oh my! God. I'm mentioning I don't even him. Want to count. I don't, I, I don't even want to I'm count. I'm mentioning him. You should have gotten at least one episode in from the 100 plus episodes that we've already done and plugged in a reference each episode. You know what? Maybe I will. Oh my God. Don't challenge me. Jeez, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Okay. So if I can talk about the Philippines as well and how important it is uh, to the the country of the Philippines. And we've, we've discussed this in times past, especially during a Filipino Heritage Night that took place back in October uh, that Jalen Green is able to headline. And we're so appreciative of Jalen Green and, and everything that he does for that night in particular. But if you look at it, the macro uh, macrocosm of the whole of what basketball provides to the Philippines, it provides these people hope and, and joy. And I've stayed in certain places where it's not it's not really the slums, but like it's not very well to do neighborhoods. And I've stayed in places like I've stayed in homes like that. And you walk about a block down and the basketball court is literally, you know, just it's not dirt, dirt, but it's like it's like a really tough dirt, like almost like clay where you can play basketball on it. And I, I played a little bit like I actually I, I, there was a basketball there. I played a little bit. There was a group of kids playing on the other end. Some were shoeless, as a matter of fact. So it, it just goes to show how important basketball is. Uh, to the country of the Philippines. So I, I think it's really cool that Paul George is able to kind of talk about that on the show and Jalen Green to show the amount of love that he's already shown uh, to the Philippines. And I'm sure he's going to, I'm certain, GM, that he's going to make a trip at some point uh, to the Philippines. The he seems future. to want to do it. Well, he seems to want to do it about once a year, which is great. It keeps the, it keeps the relationship intact. You know what I mean? It, it keeps everybody uh their line of vision in the philippines to know that jalen green hey that's our guy that's our hero like i said my dream for jalen green is to hit that manny pacquiao status i want <laughs> you know when the rockets are in a playoff game i mm -hmm. want the whole city to be shut down well you know paul george that. paul george so, yeah, did he, he, he did ask him about whether jalen wanted to play for team philippines but he said he wanted to win a gold with team usa first so smart I man he'll do it at some point smart i feel like jalen green would he's 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 quirky enough. He'll do it at some point. I think that if he is able to make the USA team in twenty twenty four or twenty twenty eight, then maybe he'll make the turn in twenty thirty two. He'll so only be like dope. thirty thirty one years old I've at seen, that point I in time. Totally see so, him doing that. That would be know. so dope. Okay, I agree. So let's let's move on to another uh, topic. Obviously, from that Jalen Green show and, and what. Stood out to me, obviously, was Jalen Green talking about building his relationship with Ime Udoka. You know, he's been talking about times and times again, especially during the season, how much of a Steven Silas guy he was and how hard, you know, the team had to, the team had to play for him and how he had Coach Silas's back. So there seemed to have been a really good relationship between Jalen Green and a Steven Silas. A lot of respect on both ends from these guys. Never a rift, never a rift that came out. Never nothing negative in terms of that. Jalen Green always seemed to have uh, Silas's back in terms of all the backlash that Silas would get from the media and from the fan base. So it was really important to actually hear his first public comments in regards to Coach Ime Udoka, and Jalen Green does describe it as uh, he did reach out to him right after uh, was it right after the right after he got hired, and then they ended up meeting up in late April 
in LA. He had, it was a dinner with uh, Josh Christopher. I think KJ Martin was in that dinner as well, if I remember correctly. And he said Tari Eason. Was oh, it was Tari well. Eason. No, it was yeah, Tari, Tari Eason. Eason. You're right. You're right. So yeah. it was, yeah. So it was Tari Eason. It was Josh Christopher and it was Jalen Green. And, and the topic throughout the dinner was not basketball related at all. It was more about the lives of these, these kids and the life of coach Ime Udoka and basically how they're going to grow it and, and what that biggest takeaway that I got from that topic alone was the fact that Jalen Green and and Ime Udoka starting to establish that relationship right away and I love the way that Ime Udoka kind of approached that with him by saying that you know we'll, we'll talk about X's and O's like that's of course like I'm your coach now mm-hmm. but the first sit-down dinner was not about basketball it shows that I care about you as a person, I want to get to know you. You know what's what type of person you are. Like that's the vibe that I got from the very first dinner, and it seems like, you know, that it's gonna set it's gonna set a course for what's gonna happen in the future. And Jalen Green also, you know, capping it off with the cherry on the Sunday by saying that you know he when when Emil Duka comes in, he's gonna set a culture and he's gonna set a precedence which this team sorely needs. GM. What was your overall takeaways from listening to Jalen Green's first ever public comments in regards to the Ime Udoka hiring? I think he spoke uh, very eloquently. He gave such a ringing endorsement of Ime, and he spoke about how excited he was to work with him. You know, we all see um, what Ime Udoka has done in terms of where he has coached, who he coached with. I mean, we do know his history, um, starting with the Spurs, with the Greg Popovich uh, staff and then going to Brooklyn and then eventually going to Boston and becoming the guy over in Boston, leading them to the finals. Unlike Joe Missoula did this year. Um, huh. nice. know, no shame in that. But what I am saying is that what I've said all along is that Amy Yudoka is a, he, he's a needle mover and he's going to be the guy to help them. And this is where it begins and this is where it starts. And the fact that Amy Yudoka is a guy that truly believes in Jalen Green. Um, you know, I've heard that Emi Odoka specifically wants Jalen Green on this team. So, you know, when you hear things like that, it kind of helps Jalen Green kind of relax and allows him to be a bit more confident in who he is and as a player. When your coach is telling you to be the guy, you're gonna you're you're gonna be the guy. I mean, unlike Steven Silas, I mean Jalen Green stated in the podcast, like when you're playing at the corner a lot of the time, not touching the ball, you start to lose rhythm and you fail to understand like what that can do to a player like a Jalen Green who is very huge on rhythm and why we saw the inconsistencies in his game because Steven Silas did not put him in a position to succeed. I don't want to talk about Steven Silas, but again, <laughs> all of the Steven Silas stands. I don't understand. Where's this coming from? It's just because it it's just because you know people are going to defend it. Well, because yeah. Jalen, even though Jalen is telling them, people right. will still find a way to twist I, it. And that's fine. We're gonna let we'll let them twist. That's fine. Let the stands I just, twist. I just, I just have to say okay, it. Right. I just had to let it out there. That's fine. I could take it off my chest. I got to okay. speak my truth. You do have to speak your truth. But you know, at the end of the day, I feel like Jalen is just. You can see the excitement in his voice. He, the man, is ready to win. The first call he said. Yeah, I'll do whatever. He said, I'll do whatever it takes. it takes to win. And yeah. that's telling you where he is, where he stands, and the type of you know, the type of investment he's willing to make in himself and his coach. Um, yeah, Avengers Endgame, baby. Whatever damn right. it takes. You're damn whatever right. Whatever it takes. You're damn right. Yeah. Wrong. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, so 
that was you know a really good part of the the podcast obviously uh i do want to talk about one more part of this show uh, of the podcast p show before we do move on i i I can't we could probably devote a whole episode dissecting this but we i don't want to spend the entire episode unpacking uh the jalen green show but one of the (laughs) ones that did stand out in my mind was jalen green straight up endorsing amin thompson 100 percent. yeah that's out of the gate that is very huge whoa I was like, whoa, I did not anticipate that. Yeah, that's very I huge. was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You I want am... the Thompson twin. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, like, out of anyone to mention, to say amen is, uh, you know, answer to everyone's prayers. Can we get an that amen? loves amen Thompson. Oh, man, dude, I have so many things made up and drafted. I am ready. If we <laughs> do get amen Thompson, by the way, my feelings have shifted slightly, which we'll talk about in a future episode, but... If we do get an amen, oh man, there's so there are gonna be so many great puns. I can't wait. Like I'm actually very excited. But absolutely, Jalen Green endorsing Amen Thompson already out of the gate as the number four pick. I, I don't know. Like it, it's it's kind of crazy to think about it. And Jalen Green, and I'm certain he's attacking this in a very diplomatic way because he knows that Amen Thompson is gonna be the consensus number four pick. Mm-hmm. There is a prior relationship there. That I do understand as well. Jalen Green isn't just going to straight up say, yeah, give me Scoot. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be like, yeah, trade up and get Scoot. Absolutely. I mean, you know, also he can't say Scoot because Kevin Porter Jr. is his point guard. There's only one Scoot. You really think that Jalen Green is going to do anything to disrespect his boy? No, No, I don't think so. I mean, that's also probably another reason why he's like, I don't, we don't need James. We have, we have KPJ and, you know, there I feel like Jalen is very sensitive to his boys, and he understands like and protective. We're, we're all tr- yeah, protective, and he's trying to build confidence not just of himself but of everyone. So I get that. Do I think Scoot Henderson could be a superior prospect? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> um, is but, water know, wet? But you know, um, Amin Thompson. Oh, I can't even talk. Amin Thompson uh-huh. at number four is a great consolation prize, especially at his length. You know, so I feel like Jalen understands where the NBA is heading, and the reason why. He probably believes that. Also, look at his coach, Emi Yudoka. How crazy would it be to have all these lengthy guys that can play defense? Amin Thompson, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith Jr., and you add Jalen Green in there, you know? I mean, you kind like, of mold yourself the, the, to be out of that Raptors-type defense where it's just you just yeah. throw length and everywhere. And, you know, Emi Yudoka knows what he's trying to do. And, you know, he, he understands what he's trying to bring to the table here in Houston, and he understands that defense is where everything will start for this team. And this team can play fast, but it's going to have to start on the defensive end in order to capitalize with their speed. So I think Jalen understands that in terms of scheme and understands that Amen Thompson could be a great fit for this team. And his endorsement is, you know, it's nothing else but just leads to more excitement for this team and for the fans. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. The idea of bringing in Amon Thompson, and I'm starting to warm towards the idea, definitely. Now, I haven't cooled down. I've definitely warmed, been warming up more to the idea of getting Amon Thompson to the Rockets, especially after that Jalen Green endorsement, which in my opinion is huge, especially considering that Jalen Green is the guy for the Houston Rockets, bar none, uh, depending on obviously who we get during free agency. No, right now it's May 24th. Right now, Jalen Green is the man of the team, the man of Houston, and he just endorsed the number four, consensus number four overall pick, Amin Thompson. So, GM, let's go ahead and close the book here. Let's shift over and discuss. GM, what do you want to talk about next? Should we talk about the Patrick Beverly? You want to talk about yeah? Let's, Pat go, Bev, let's talk about Pat oh, Bev. Let's see what Pat Bev. You Pat know, I mean, we all saw Bev. the we all saw the clip. My God, that shit went viral. 
you know, and everyone How could it not though. <laughs> it's true. You know? I mean, everybody's pretty split based on what they think about the possibility. We, of we, we didn't never really discuss this. You and me have not talked about this. No, we haven't. We haven't. Like we, we haven't spoken like, we on never this at spo- all. We we did the Dynamo game last night, and we have not discussed this, which is great. Like no. we are uh, literally going to come good. in funnel free here. So basically. Pat Beverly came on his Pat Bev show, and his co-host basically asked him straight up, you heard about the James Harden rumors, yeah, about his inevitable return to Houston, would you be open to reuniting with Harden in Houston? He said, yeah, highly, yeah, highly likely. Mm-hmm. Like, no hesitation. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's likely. <laughs> and the irony was, like, how angry he was to leave. And the funny thing was that, you know, I, I love that Pat Beverly is not afraid to speak his mind. Because we already Very knew, highly. you know, like, in 2017 when he got traded, we were, we had heard the rumblings because of him. It started because of him. He mentioned it, that he said he, he doesn't know how long he'd be there, A. And B, he did say the name Chris Paul. So, you know, when it comes down to that, Patrick Beverly is very transparent. Yeah, it's crazy. And, um, it's crazy to it, think about it's it. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You know, he. I mean, you could see the hostility that he did have towards James. He did have a lot of anger towards Houston. But the fact that he is willing to reunite with a James Harden in Houston um, is pretty cool. If you just talk about pure nostalgia, right? Like even even you know continuing on from what from what he was saying as well. He said very 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 highly very likely and then they talked about oh yeah you'd be open to it. and he was like yeah he said he'll we were one of the teams on his list he wanted to come back during the uh during the deadline this year and he said quoted him he said they told me pat we don't need you right now you may not even play you need we need you to mentor the young guys blah 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 but beverly said i still wanted to play so that's the reason why ultimately he got a trade he got traded to chicago so basically from what i'm hearing my takeaway is that the Rockets told him, "Hey, man, you're not gonna get. You may not get PT which for is a fair. team that. Uh, what, excuse me, for a guy that had Kevin Porter Jr. as your point guard, which is fine, and your backup was Dacian Nix. I'm sorry, no disrespect to Charlie, a friend of the show, but Dacian Nix. But I'm, I'm gonna and t- that I'm, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. That that okay. I, I'm sorry. You could have Patrick Beverly as your backup, who was more than happy to come back." Literally telling you, yeah. hey, man, I'm ready to come back. I want to go home. Well, dude, I don't give a crap what the record is. You, 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 give, you, me my, give me PT and I'll you play. You want to know why? Okay, go. The tank was on. The tank was fucking on. I didn't want to say why it. Why else are they going to be playing Dacian You Knicks? said it. DJ was Augustine it. Didn't say was it. the vet that signed back, right? Yeah. And he didn't play. He very rarely played. He got very few minutes. But, you know, DJ Augustine came. He understood his role, and he was there the year before, before he got traded. So, you know, that's all a part of it. Um, I think Pat Beverly could definitely still play. That comes with a price tag. Uh, the price tag of him coming back varies with me. I don't know how I feel about it currently. I'd have to see a bit more I think numbers. he'll take the cut, though. I think he'll take a cut. Yeah, you don't you don't want him to cut too much into the MLE, but you, you, well, actually, I don't think we no. Need I MLE. think he'll take a pay cut. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But I mean, it just depends how much he, he still might want to get ten million. He might get ten million from somebody. I don't know if that's necessary. I don't know if anyone should pay him. But you know, how I feel obviously is that a Dacia Nix played, which is which was shitty. B the tank was on, and C coach was Steven Silas. That's pretty much it. Um, you know, that pretty much explains everything and the dysfunction. So now moving forward, 
with 2023-2024 coming in, if Patrick Beverly decides to come back and Ime Yudoka is the coach, I have a lot more faith in the way that these players will be placed on the court. And I do believe that Ime Yudoka is respectable enough that even rookies and vets, youngsters, old people, will all respect him when he's there. And not to be mean about when I say old people, I'm not talking about like elderly. I mean like just the veterans. Um, But yeah, like... You know, like when it pertains to all that, I'm just not so sure if I am privy to him coming back, but obviously it just all varies. I'm completely in support of him coming back. So this is where we kind of go on opposite sides of the fence once again. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. But I love the veteran presence that he would provide and the toughness that he's going to instill on an already tough team. Like imagine the work Ime Udoka, Patrick Beverly can instill in a Jabari Smith Jr. The man has the dog in him. But to, be, to be completely frank, like he right. does. And that's, no, no, no. I, I yeah. think it's a but that's great, that's a great thing. But yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I want him, I want to see this veteran point guard step up to a Jabari Smith Jr. I want to see him step up to Atari Eason. I want to see him step up to a Jalen Green. I want this dog to challenge the youngins. To challenge these felines and turn them into fucking lions. That's, that's the point. That's why... The Rockets had already reported as I mean, it's already been reported that the Rockets are gonna get a vet point guard. Like that's the plan during this offseason. Patrick Beverly is a perfect setup for this team in terms of getting a backup point guard with legit minutes, with legit playoff experience, mm-hmm. with no already known into the city of Houston, mm-hmm. knows the grind, understands structure, is a big fan of Ime Udoka, and mm-hmm. is willing. And is willing, I believe, willing to take a pay cut to come here and play with this team and help mold and shape these youngins. I think Beverly is going to take that personally, but in a good way. I think he yeah. wants. He definitely comes. To the he price wants tag. to develop the next crop. Yeah, like and, I would love him to. Co- I, w- I want him to. Co- like I want him to come. Like personally, mm-hmm. I think it's perfect. I think it's a perfect setup. Mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't hinge on James Harden coming. I just want Bev to come. I don't think I don't think it does. Well, to be honest, I don't think it hinges on that either. Because well, Beverly was, was ready said, to come back I already. just wanted to play. The yeah. team was like 20, 30 games under 500, and he's still willing to come back. Like, that's incredible when you think about it. A man yeah, who's the, the team just wasn't willing to take the out. They wanted to tank. But I mean, let me tell you this personally, if you ask me. Um, if you want a vet point guard, shoot, trade for CP3. Bring him back. Kelly Iko mentioned it on The Athletic in his article, Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul does have a partial. He, he has a guarantee this year. Par, I think it's partial. The next year, it's non-guaranteed. Well, there were two players that were mentioned. It wasn't just Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. Chris Paul and Mike Conley were two players on the board yeah. if, if, if the Rockets miss out on James Harden. I'm big not going to lie. I am big on Mike Conley, but obviously for nostalgia's sake, we prefer Chris Paul. But Chris what, Paul what, is the greatest what, what point guard of our do, generation. Though? What would happen? Would he start? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So Scoot, Chris Paul starts. Scoot slides to the three. KPJ, you mean? KPJ, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's possible. Um, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of that, to be frank. I'd rather have Tari or KJ Martin start. With you know, obviously Jabari I would too. and well, I mean, and the Shingun. idea would be for Kevin Porter to come off the bench. Yes, exactly. That's that's what I that's that is what I wanted. Feel. I just don't know how he would feel about that. Well, you know who the fuck his coach is? Ime yeah, Udoka. Who gives absolutely Sit your ass zero down. fucks. <laughs> Sit your ass down. A man who has been that, known res- respectfully. to give zero fucks. Respectfully. Okay? Uh, that's right, all I'm right. saying. Is that like, you know, like I'm not a Kevin Porter Jr. hater. Like, 
Come on now. Sure I love that? I love Kevin you sure Porter about that? Jr. You sound like Kevin Dude, Porter he's Jr. such a good spot up shooter, man. And I do think that with a guy like Chris Paul in the mix, letting Kevin Porter Jr. come in there and kind of like le- learn off of CP3, but also lean on him to help him get good shots. The man already shoots nearly 40% on catch and shoot. So like why not just freaking help the man get easier buckets? And, you know, he can probably be the best spot-up shooter in the league. That's the kind of potential that Kevin Porter Jr. has. And I I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Because, I mean, we don't need him to be a point guard. That's the thing. No, yeah, yeah. I agree. But I get it. I get what the team— It's what's been setting up since we acquired him. Well, they took the chance. That's the thing. They they were like, you know what? We're going to buy into this because we're going to give him the opportunity. We see the potential. Yeah. But now that we're two and a half years into the KPJ project, it's like a matter of figuring out, like, okay— we're moving into year three. Now it's like we want to bring in a vet point guard. Okay, this is going to bleed into the possible time of a Kevin Porter Jr. Um, the question is, like, how will it affect him? D- we understand that Kevin Porter Jr. does have a few mental health issues, but I can say this: that every year he's just looked better and better in terms of um, his interviews. He looks happier. He looks more centered. Um, whatever he the man did go through. Um, Obviously, he's not completely over everything. I, I don't know anything about his life personally, but all I can say is when you look at the man, he looks like he's more content and he's happier with life. And when you see a man that's more content and happier with life, they're more than willing to accept certain things that are outside of their control. And I do believe that with Imiadoka in charge, and if that opportunity is presented to him, I think he'd embrace it. I have hope in that. I truly do. Right. But obviously, he's still young. And things can change, and mindsets can change. But as of today, I do believe that Kevin Porter Jr. would willingly accept a role as the sixth man with Amy Adoka. And if Chris Paul were to come here, if it was Mike Conley, oh, absolutely it's going to change. Mike Conley is off the bench. I don't know if Conley is good enough to start with this team. But, well, I, that's the thing. Emo Doka is going to give the players a chance anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, and they then, might want to yeah, have then, the vet be the person right, to lead the right. starting five. And then the question and then the question is on top of as well. I mean, everything's still... Nothing is set in stone right now because what what's going to happen on draft night? Are the Rockets going to get Scoot? You never know. Like, you never know. I mean, there's still a possibility does, of a trade-up. You Scoot, never know. Does Scoot drop the four? Like, you never know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, like so <laughs> Watch the Rockets so trade up so, to two so, just yeah. to draft Amon so Thompson. So, <laughs> I don't want to, like, go into too deep on that. You know, like I said, I want to devote a draft episode towards draft stuff. But KPJ has to maybe understand that the time of point guard either is coming to an end or it's going to get cut to a degree by the pivot and the direction which the Rockets are trying to go. They're trying to get James Harden. The big fish is James Harden. We already know that. Like, they've already... They've already shown that they have an appetite to pay James Harden and bring him to the Rockets, right? If that doesn't work, Kelly Iko literally had just stated that they're going to look at Chris Paul or Mike Conley. Patrick Beverly wants to come back to Houston. There are point guards, good point guards, like good, solid point guards that are ready to play for the Rockets. So that, no matter what, inevitably, it's going to cut into KPJ's minutes and if James Harden ends up coming here, or a Scoot Henderson ends up coming here, then KPJ is not the point guard anymore. He's going to have to slide. He's going to have to figure something else out. And I think at the end of the day, when and if that happens, and I think it's going to happen, I think we are going to get a good point guard, no matter what, whether it's James Harden, 
Chris Paul, Mike Conley, Scoot Henderson, Patrick Beverly, talented point guards where, you know, Kevin Porter Jr., the people players played behind him were a DJ Augustine, a freaking Dacian Knicks, like these Josh Christopher, you know, even played spot one minutes. You're actually going to have a talented point guard behind you now, either behind you or in front of you. You're going to get your minutes cut no matter what in terms of point guard, in terms of being a point guard. So we already know that that's the direction in which we're headed. Yeah. Anyways, to circle it back and to put a bow on this whole topic, I would love the idea of Pat Beverly coming to Houston. GM is a little indifferent. I am, but I mean, feelings you, you, aren't as strong. You, you, I can be convinced, right? I mean, right. You know, you you've done your part in terms of swaying me towards the possibility of a Patrick Beverly coming. I'll say that. Um, but you know, obviously, I want Scoot. I mean, I, yeah, or, I want, you know, I want Scoot Henny, bro. Obviously, bring all, me Scoot Henny. of them, I prefer Chris Paul. But you know, that's just me. Uh, Patrick Beverly is definitely going to be a price between, like, probably obviously more towards Mike Conley. It just depends how much money um, they're being offered. But we'll see, man. I and mean, Phoenix isn't gonna. The thing is, is that Phoenix doesn't have any leverage in this deal. No, they like, don't. Because we're we're, we're we're we'd be absorbing salaries. Just so to start campaign. I guess. I, I, don't, know. Sh- I don't know. They're that gonna team make is, a campaign is, to start campaign. That oh nice. That was a good one. I'll give that one to you. That team is in shambles. So, GM, I do want to cap off the episode, but before we cap it off, just one quick topic. Obviously, the end of the episode, and I know people may be annoyed because we keep talking about it, but it's something that's dominating the headlines, and that is James Harden. Is <laughs> the rumors just keep on growing? GM, I do have something to say in regards to this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you get your word in after, but my stance has changed. It I have I have softened on the James Harden to Houston stance. No, oh, have you? I this is not like I have been very strong about this whole thing. I have softened on my stance, and it basically comes with this. And this is the best way I can describe it. I do not I do not want James Harden if the Rockets want James Harden. At the expense of trading for a Scoot Henderson, I do not want James Harden. If the Rockets, like if the Rockets and Harden have like an under the table agreement already, to basically bring him back to Houston, but the Rockets get a deal with Charlotte, for instance, or a deal with Portland, for instance, or a deal that can basically guarantee that they're going to get Scoot Henderson no matter what, and then they backpedal on the deal. Because James Harden basically told them, hey, I'm coming back, so keep that spot open. I would be fucking livid, GM. (laughs) You do not pass on a generational point guard like a Scoot Henderson for James fucking Harden. I'm sorry. I love James (laughs) Harden. But I've been been his biggest support. I've been one of his biggest supporters. You do not pass on a generational talent like Scoot Henderson. Who's gonna dominate the league? I think he's that good. I can I can already call my shot with him. He's gonna dominate the fucking league as a point guard. I do not want to get James Harden at the expense of losing out on this generational prospect. And it looks like it's headed in that direction. I feel like the Rockets could get a trade done. I feel like the Rockets could get some type of deal done to get Scoot to Houston. But I don't think it's gonna happen because the Rockets do have someone. They have a superstar that's waiting in the wings to come back to Houston. My feeling has softened. I don't want James Harden to come back if they have a deal to get Scoot Henderson. It's just not worth it for me. GM, on to you. 
<laughs> I, I, wow, that's that was it's a, changed. That was, it's, that, I still want him though. Don't get me wrong. No, I get it. If if we don't mm-hmm. have a deal for Scoot, then yeah, fuck it. That that was fairly poetic. Yeah. I yeah. I totally respect it. Uh, one comment there, you said superstar. I don't believe James Harden's superstar anymore. Everyone can light me up on whatever. It's just my belief. I don't believe a superstar anymore. But I think that's a fair take. But for this, Kenny, you are very correct. Very correct. If guys like Tillman Fertitta and Rafael Stone, I'm looking at you guys, allow James Harden to dictate terms Challenge in terms of who you believe could, you know, like if James Harden says, I'll only come back if Scoot doesn't get drafted. Like, come on, man. If or you if you're if, you're, if your scouting staff right. tells you that Scoot's uh, the man, Scoot, Scoot's the man, he's gonna be the man, and you put him under the tutelage of an Amy Udoka, you got to do it. Do not let James Harden manipulate the deal. But I mean, obviously, we don't know that. Um, yeah, everything's here saying. But, but I'm just saying if at the end of the day, to me, this is the biggest challenge of any offseason for the current team. Rafael Stone, this is where his money will be made. This is where the butter will be churned. Um, this is where a lot of decisions will have to be made, a lot of tough decisions. And I'll say this, Rafael has not made any tough decisions thus far. Um, was the toughest decision, what, trading Eric Gordon to the Clippers? <laughs> I mean, to me, that was not that was, that was was a no decision. Yawn. My man got pulled in the fifth inning. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had no chance to get the victory. But, you know, like, to me, it just feels like this is the offseason where the choices will impact every little thing. Every little thing is going to cause a tidal wave for this team, whether it's going to be plummeting or, you know, soaring, getting, to, the soaring to the promised land, right. reaching the summit. <laughs> like hey! That. But, you cheap know, plug, I love it. But, you know, like, that's, that's to me, it just seems like we can The main take from me is that we cannot allow James Harden to dictate the terms like we've stated like I stated earlier in the podcast uh, James Harden wants to go somewhere where he can quote unquote play his game play free and Ime Adoka seems like a guy that's like no nah, that's not how we roll um, I don't know what to think whether or not James Harden would comply with the style of play that Ime Adoka wants to do um, I think it can work but I just don't see it personally uh, from my view but any, I've seen crazier things happen. You know, Scottie Pippen became a Houston Rocket. Like we've seen everything. So <laughs> you know, True. to me, it just it just seems like I'm not sure what's going to happen. But I can say this, this is probably the absolute most entertaining off season for Rockets fan in a very very long time. In years, yeah. Um, you know, in terms of like you know free agency, like everyone remembers the craziness of when we got Dwight. And the Chris, the, Paul cra- the Chris Paul year, the trade, PJ Tucker, completely changed everything. Right. So um, it seems like there's another seismic shift possibly happening, whether it be the draft or a star being signed or even a star being traded to Houston. We don't know that. But my opinion stands, and I'm not the biggest supporter of James Harden coming back. Um, it's just how I feel. I mean, we have a lot of friends and you know people that do want Harden back and I I get it I understand why it's all personal preference for us you know what I mean um people like to see success in different ways can it expedite the success yes but can it also in spite of getting that success can it hamper certain players absolutely as well so you know we have to think about that in terms of things moving forward uh the changes to the roster that are bound to happen um, moving forward. So we will see. I don't know, man. I'm just, 
all I can say is this: I'm along for the ride. Is I'm that along fair? For the ride. Yeah, that's fair. I'm along yeah. for the ride. I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. I mean, like the Beatles said, I, I just wanted, I just got a ticket to ride. That's all. There you go. There you I go. think you were about to say, I just want to hold your hand, and I was like, Nah, that's not. That has nothing to do with it, GM. Nah, that was that only for the. That was only for flat. the draft lottery. It's like day old cardboard. Only for the draft you lottery. Can chew on it. Yes, scenery chewer. GM, let's go ahead and end the episode here. Uh, there's a lot that we obviously had to cover in regards to news notes. A lot. It's a, a lot to unpack said, here. A lot to unpack. Like we said, a very interesting off season, and we're not even in off season technically. We're still in the goddamn playoffs. Eastern Conference Finals is still happening, so there's well, so the thing much- about not making the playoffs is that the off season is right, like right. forever. It, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> So in technical it's like terms, five months, six right. months. You know, so. we all don't get lucky like the Astros, where you win a title in November and you turn around spring trainings in February. So, very few are, very yeah, few are like mean, that. Yeah. So, GM, let's go ahead and end the episode here as our producer gives us the go home cue here. Let the people give the people what they want. I guess I will give the people what they want, and what they do want is to follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow the podcast. On Twitter and TikTok at Summit S O M P O D. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore P O D. Follow our people, our brothers, our family at Apollo NBA and at Apollo H O U. I'm gonna give one shout out real quick to our boys from Shots and Thoughts. Um, they just released their episode of their season four finale. I just want to shout y'all out. I know that there are a lot of big changes uh, coming through for you guys. Um, one of our good friends, Ryan, has moved to Bali. So who knows, man? Um, I know that there are a lot of changes for them, but I'm just happy for all their accomplishments and what they have done in four seasons of podcasting. I'm very proud of those guys. So I just wanted to give that shout out to them and good luck to whatever decisions they make moving forward. But with that being said, enjoy your hiatus. Hiatuses are very, very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Just a short, just a short one, obviously. And you can also follow me on Twitter as well at Summit Commish. Uh, give a follow to our wonderful Apollo Podcast Network brethren that continue to kill the game at Apollo Texans. Be sure to give a follow to Off the Gridiron for all your Houston Texans content. Be your your first listen of Houston Texans content, be sure to listen to Off the Grid Iron. Shout out to the crown jewel of Houston Astros podcast, BTD Beyond the Diamond. Be sure to give them your first listen in terms of all Houston Astros content. And shout outs to the One Take podcast. Be sure to give them all your listens, your first listen for all pop culture needs, music, movies, TV shows, They got you covered. And once again, myself and the GM do appreciate you for giving us your first listen in terms of all Houston Rockets content. We're so appreciative. 163 episodes in the bank now as we creep closer to the one and only episode 200. We are looking forward to that, so we cannot wait to bring that out to y'all. We're going to continue to give the, you these news as they happen in regards to the Houston Rockets. We got uh, the draft coming up next month. We got free agency opening up in July, so we got a whirlwind of the most interesting offseason in the Houston Rockets for at least the last several years. So you'll be right here in the front seat with us as we navigate through the storm of this offseason. We'll be right here with y'all every step of the way. And as our producer gives us a go-home cue here, we're going to end this episode by saying, go Summit, go Apollo, and for the love of God Almighty, please, go Rockets. The Summit.
four, 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 four,